It's the theme song for Marcy Tatro, who is our uh, resident mental health expert here, uh, social worker in town here locally. Uh, Marcy, uh, of course, uh, has been joining us on Fridays in the 10 o'clock hour for, well, I don't know, about a month and a half at least. Two months. Huh? Been that long? Yep. Very nice. Welcome to Mental Health Friday with Marcy Tatro. I'm Jay Paul. Uh, Jay Paul and Marcy, partners in crime here on uh, Friday mornings on KTOE, 1420 AM, 102.7 FM, and streaming free live and worldwide on our website, KTOE.com. As I mentioned, she's a local uh, clinical social worker. And, hey, we've got, there's plenty of uh, help out there for folks who need uh, somebody to talk to, uh, to uh, help them out in their lives. Everybody needs a little help now and then. There's Prairie Care, there's Mayo Clinic, there's Nystrom and Associates, there's Journey Towards Healing, the South Central Crisis Center Hotline at 507-344-0621, the Veterans Crisis Line, actually there's a nationwide uh, suicide prevention line at 988, and if you're a veteran you can call 988 and press 1 to talk to veterans uh, just like yourself about your uh, veteran-like problems that are going on in your life, or you can text 838 838- Two five five. Now that's a lot of help right there. Mm-hmm. And, and we also have the ASC Psychological Mankato that serves uh, primarily military and veterans. And so we're very fortunate to have them in town because I've been in Minnesota practicing for the last eight years, and this is the only agency I have encountered that's military specific. Oh yeah, yeah, that's and right. In, in other states, they actually have more resources and counseling agencies uh, military spe- specific. However, we don't have like an active duty. Uh, base and so I think we are more of a reserve state so I think that's a part of it and then some other historical reasons too with a VA that's been kind of part of the reason too why we only have a, a, a maybe a few so I found that out recently so the, the amazing story of Marcy Tatro is you did not start <laughs> your life wanting to be what you are uh, no I never even social worker. it's kind of so part of what I want to talk about today is that there's there's a sometimes there's a stigma with mental health providers and so I kind of want briefly want to touch on that and that's why I want to share a little bit about the uh, how I got into social work. Your journey. And last week mm-hmm. we talked a little bit about, uh, well, you grew up in Medelia, and so you're a local gal. Yep, never planned to be back here, Jay Paul. <laughs> Neither did I, but I, can't, I keep coming back too, so it must be something about Minnesota. Yep, and so, um, and Jay is, will be connected with this story too, actually, about uh, about what this with the social work piece and then how it reverts back to someone. And so then Jay gets pulled into this, uh, ironically, so... It kind of circles back to how we met. Yeah. So um, last week we touched on, yes, I'm a local hometown girl from the area. And, yeah, it was this was definitely not my plan to be back here. Um, you know, the whole goodbye, Yellow Brick Road theme, I think, song. I, I really love that song because I think it just captures so many pieces in life that happens unexpectedly. Sure. Or, you know, like, I didn't plan on this happening or I didn't plan on that happening or, you know, getting divorced or, you know, you lose a lose somebody in your life, a child or right, a parent. Yeah. Or, Something happens like that. Or maybe you get in a car accident. So things happen that we don't, you know, expect. So uh, anyways, so last week we talked about um, from here, uh, I went to Gustavus for college, majored in political science. Why did you pick political science? Oh, actually, I went to Mexico studying um, the Mayan culture and poverty. I wanted to be like this lady who traveled around the world and, you know, and did international management and business in the time in like the late 90s is all about traveling around the world and international management and speaking languages. And oh, yeah. so I kind of like, oh, I want to do that. So 
Do you uh, speak other languages? Yeah, I can actually speak a little bit of Spanish, and then I actually started learning French. Ooh, that's a tough yeah, one. Yeah, we be. Um, <laughs> so it's it's been really fun, but yeah, back to Mexico. So I went down there, and then we were driving across the um, we were driving across the country, like somewhere near like Cuernavaca and Veracruz, going down the, to the Yucatan Peninsula. And there was just so much poverty down there where mm -hmm. it was like almost unlivable. And it was just abstract poverty where to the point where <coughs> you couldn't really hardly watch it. I mean, you couldn't yeah. really, you couldn't really hardly even bear to see it. And I it saw was that so in awful. Jamaica too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that basically changed my life and set me in a direction of wanting to help people or help other countries. I didn't really know exactly to what degree. I thought maybe I'd work for a U.S. embassy or work for the Department of Defense or something or, I don't know, go on the FBI or something kind of like that. Like, I want to help <laughs> kids. So anyways, uh, then I decided to pack my bags. I heard a lot about Colorado from my parents. So I wanted to have an adventure. So. Yeah. And this is actually our college song between my best friend, uh, Lisa Hughes, at the time, who's out in D.C., but we used to play this when we were seniors at Gustavus. Like, you know, what's our life going to hold and what's our... Where are we going to be in five years? And we play this song like Learning to Fly. Yeah. We'll listen to a little bit of this and then come right back with you. Started out all alone. And the sun went down as across the hill. And the town lit up. The world gets still I'm learning to fly But I ain't got wings So you packed up your uh, all your belongings, which probably wasn't much at that time. Because you're like, <laughs> no, well, how I, old are you? No, but I still then? filled my car. So, you, But had you graduated from uh, I, yeah, I, I Yep, I graduated from Gustavus, and I had been working for Thrivent for six months, saved a little bit of money, and then I knew I had to go. You know, my dad had died at that point when I was 20. So I came back from Mexico. My dad passed away. And then, you know, I felt comfortable leaving because all my siblings had somebody. My mom was going to be taken care of. And, yep. you know, I felt good about going. So I'm like, all right, I can leave home. So, yeah, I packed up my bags and I went out to Colorado and found a couple jobs within the week. And um, just one thing led to another. And eventually... I. Kind were you looking to go to school or were you no. looking to... No, I went out there for an adventure to go hang out in the mountains okay. and go have fun and get away from those cornfields. Well, you did because yeah. you traded cornfields for mountains. Yep, yep. And so I went out to the mountains and it just felt like when I was out there, you know, eventually I had the Jeep and the, you know, my aviators and you ride out there in your car <laughs> and the Jeep and then oh, yeah. you're out there in the mountains and you have, you have the window down and the wind's blowing on your face and it, you just feel so, I felt so alive out there. So. Sure. And I kind of kept praying for me, like, all right, God, where, what's my purpose? Like, where's my life going to go? You know, I'm 22 at this time, and, like, I I just kind of wanted, like, a purpose or a clear direction to know, like, all right, I have this political science degree from Gustavus. What am I going to do with my life? Like, I need a career. I need to pay my bills. I need to pay back my student loans. Yeah. And I felt like at this time I still had I was a pretty positive young person for being 22, and then I think my – my uncle had died by that time, too, and so my dad and my uncle both had passed away. So I was kind of thinking, like, all right, I've been through a lot of death at this point, and I'm pretty, you know, pretty good, resilient yet, and hope and hopeful. Sure. And then, you know, mental health wasn't, like, something that was on my radar at this at this time. And so I talked to a, a pastor, and she's like, you know, Marcy, I think you should, you know, go 
consider starting um, <clears throat> go to the local seminary and go talk to somebody and figure out like what your calling or what your purpose is. And so it led me kind of on this path of you know self exploration, exploration and yeah. reflective thinking and like all right, what am I good at? What are my strengths? And I didn't really have anyone to help me figure that out. So she's like, I think you should go to ILF School of Theology and go talk to them. So then I was thinking when I was working in uh, retail management and I had my um, district manager had told me, she's like, uh, Marcy, I think you care too much about your employees. <laughs> and I said, you know what? I do care about them because they're all teenagers. And I said, you know what? That's not a bad thing to care about people. Oh, yeah, really? I was going to say. So that was my my flaw I got as a, as a manager. It's so like, you know what? Maybe this isn't for me. So I talked to my employees, like, Marcy, you're like a Harvey Dent. You should go to law school. Or, <laughs> and one other one's like, I think you should be a teenage counselor. I'm like, well, that's not a bad idea. I like, I like both of those ideas. So I looked into going to law school and then didn't really know if that was the right path for me. That would be really, another six years. Yeah, I didn't really mind the schooling part. It's more like, <laughs> is my heart and my passion going to be in it? Yeah. And so then I ended up going to Isla School of Theology. I started there, went to orientation, and you know, eventually I had, had my heart set. Like I thought this was... You know, it felt right. Yeah. So um, I was at orientation. I sat down for like a, we had like a picnic barbecue type thing. And this guy was like blonde haired, glasses. He's like, oh, hey, my name is Paul. Who are you? And I'm like, oh, my name is Marcy. He's like, where are you from? I'm like, oh, I'm from Minnesota. He's like, oh, we have a bunch of Minnesotans out here. I'm like, and he's like, what do you want to do with your life? I'm like, oh, I have no idea. And then he's like, what, do you, what are you doing here? I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, well, what are you going to do with your, are you going to get MDiv? I'm like, uh, I don't know. And then he asked me another question, and this time, like a, a an, um, an older man sat down by me, and he had glasses on and like a nice navy blazer and the brown lo- loafers, shoes, you know, and he had glasses on, and he's like, "Paul, he's like, stop interrogating this girl." He's like, "Do you know what you're gonna do with your life?" He's like, "Do you know what you're gonna do with your MDiv?" And <laughs> and Paul's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be a chaplain." And so, come to find out, this man's name was Larry Graham. He was a professor there at Isle of School of Theology. He was the director of pastoral care and theology and so he was actually like a psychologist ordained as well in the ucc church but um it's just really interesting because larry's didn't come back into the picture but larry said you know what marcy can do whatever she wants she might be a chaplain she might go in the military she might become a social worker or a counselor she can do whatever she wants she can teach but yeah. you know we, you come to here and you figure out what your purpose is or what your calling is all right so you, then you enroll? Yep. So I enrolled at ILF, and then I uh, was there for four years, and I finished with my MDiv um, and also my MSW. But before I got that to that point, uh, I was in a class with Larry the second quarter, and I think I had the first class was pastoral care and theology. And so I was studying about, like, it's more about, like, when you attend to somebody spiritually, like, for grief and loss and learning how do you be present with people when they're struggling. True. Yep, and I felt like from that, that felt right, you know, as far as, like, that 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 role. And um, there was an incident that had happened, and I had went and talked to Larry about what had happened. It wasn't about me. It was about something else. And, you know, I had told Larry about the details, and I had noticed something was wrong, and then something happened, and something was majorly wrong. And But I was able to help prevent something bad from happening with with co- talking with some other people with sure. the family and so i was telling larry what had happened and then he said you know what mars he's like i think you have a social worker's heart and that's the first time anybody said that to mm-hmm. 
And I, that was something I never even really crossed my mind. Like, I never thought about being a social worker. And so Larry's like, Mars, I think you have a social worker's heart and you're like a natural with people. And he's like, I think you need to apply for your MSW, your master's of social work. And he's like, actually, there's a joint program here that you'd be a good fit for. So why don't we get you your MSW and um, go that route? And you haven't looked back. No, I, well, I mean no. that was the start of Mm-mm, the yeah. long. Yeah, so road to do yeah, it. so Larry um, was a professor there, and he was close to retirement, and a lot of people had like one or two classes with him. I had seven. <laughs> yeah, I had seven That's classes. This is a guy who's an author. Uh, yeah, so Larry, he's... Larry Graham, he's he has um, yes, he's an author. He has books out there. His last book he wrote was Moral Injury, about veterans um, restoring wounded souls, but it also pertains to other types of traumas too, but. Um, so I had a handful of classes with Larry again. He's the only professor I got an F from. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, actually it was a total accident. Larry and I laughed about it. He's like, Mercy, I'm so sorry, but I forgot about the deadline. I'm like, Oh really? So I was doing an independent study with him on child, um, like with children, child abuse and stuff like that. And so we, he's like, Oh, I totally forgot about the deadline. And I just, I for, I'm like, it's okay. He's like, you're not going to go get your PhD anyways. I said, no. Yeah. So he's like, oh, it's okay. You're not going to get that great. I said, well, I think F stands for like father, figure, fabulous. <laughs> so I redefined it. But Larry Larry and I had a pretty close relationship because after, during grad school, he had known from working with him and he would ask us like different <laughs> different things in class, like different papers would come up or like family dynamics was a class or like uh, systems, uh, system or family systems. So I think it was my second class where you had to write about your family and stuff and um he really came to like love and appreciate my family, my brother's military service. Like yeah. I don't even know if I told my brother that, but um, he really came to you know really like um, appreciate me or thought I was a really good student, and I got to know Larry pretty well. And he had asked if you know he knew my dad had died, and he also knew that at some point my grandma had passed away as well. So with all that loss, he you know he's like you know Marcy, he's like I, he lost his dad when he was younger, and he said if you don't mind, like, I would like to be that, like, father or grandfather role for you, and could I do that for you? I said, no, I would I'd be honored. Yeah. And Larry was one of those guys where he, if you were to watch a movie, he is, like, the beloved professor. Like, he was kind. He had kind eyes, and when he was, like, sitting with you, he was, like, looking at you in the eye, and uh, you yeah. knew that you were the only thing that mattered in that time sure. when he was talking with you, and he always made you feel like you were the most special person, and only that... Only he and you had that special connection, even though he treated everybody that way. But he made you feel like you mattered and that. I just think it's great that you go out there on a whim <laughs> and you happen yeah. to run into this guy mm-hmm. who ends up just really uh, affecting your life a lot. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, he really shaped my life. I mean, I wouldn't be here today as a social worker. And one of the things that he had told me was that uh, we were in class one night. I was out in the hallway area, and I was sitting at a table, I think, with another colleague, another chaplain. And by the way, this program had a lot of military chaplains, and so we, I met a bunch of Air Force majors, and yeah. they're all, like, high up now. But um, we had a bunch of military chaplains there studying PTSD and and, and theology and trauma. I mean, um, just a, a lot of stuff that gets kind of complicated. But anyways, and so we were sitting there one night, and Larry had walked by me, and he's like, always like, hello, Marcy. And... Uh, his, yeah, as he had a big smile on his face, and he told me that I was like one of his best students he's ever had. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. He'd been teaching for like over 40 years, and 
And I kind of had poo-pooed him. I'm like, oh, Larry, you're just saying that. And he's like, and he got he kind of like got stern with me. He's like, no, Marcy, you are really good with people. You're really percept you're really perceptive, and you're honestly like one of the best students I've ever had. Wow. And I don't say that very lightly. Well, there you go. That's a good place to pause because we got to get to the news break here with Ashley in the newsroom here on KTO. Continuing on for our Mental Health Fridays with J. Paul Marcy, Marcy Tatro here on KTOE AM 1420. We're talking uh, referrals, places you can go to get help, like Journey Towards Healing, Nystrom and Associates, the Mayo Clinic, Prairie Care, uh, South Central Crisis Center, 507-344-0621. They stand by to uh, help you whenever you need it. Or the national line, 988, for all types of help there. And Marcy Tatro is in the middle of uh, telling us about, you're now in Colorado, and you're going to seminary. Is that... Uh... Yep, and it's more like a theological school, so, because at this school it's different. They don't they don't necessarily teach us how to preach, although I did take a preaching class. They It's not about like going out there like a typical seminary that's evangelical and teaching you to go speak the gospel. It's more like um, studying theology and how do you connect with your sense of sacred. And it was an interreligious school, interfaith school, so we had a lot of different people from different backgrounds, like different uh, religions, actually. Like uh, We took like uh, Judaism and Islam. and So you learned a lot about that. Yeah, but we also, the people that were there were actually like atheist or Muslim or Jewish. And so it was an interfaith, it was an interfaith school. You said you took seven classes from Larry. Oh, yeah. So, so But how, how long were you there? I was there for four years. Oh, so four years? Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because you were taking seven. At well, a time, you wouldn't have time to work and uh, make no, money. No, I had, yep, I had four classes or five classes at a time. And then I worked. I worked part-time on top of that. So then my third year, I think, is when I stopped working because I had to do and a this joint is, master's. this is Denver or? Yep, this is Denver, Colorado, and I was like 25, uh, 26 uh. at the time. And then, um, so then I was taking, I was doing the joint master's, and so I had an opportunity to take uh, different classes with Larry as time progressed, and so. It's Larry Graham, worldwide author. Mm-hmm. And uh, all around good guy. He was, yeah, teacher. he was very well, uh, very much well respected in the field of chaplaincy and chaplains. And he was part of a, I know, some type of professional chaplain organization. Uh, it looks like he was the founding member of the Society for Pastoral Theology. Yeah. Yeah. So he, um, but again, he was one of the most beloved professors at ILF. And so you can't say ILF without thinking of Larry Graham. And when we ended, he was just giving you the highest praise of saying that he was you were one of yeah, his so, best students. So at his retirement party, and I actually have a picture someday, maybe we posted if we had a, a thing online, but um, I have a picture of him, with him and me at his retirement party. And he had, um, at his retirement party, it was a huge, huge party at a, like a synagogue and we even had one of his previous students, a lot of his previous students came in, they shared thoughts and words of gratitude for Larry. And it was all kind of the same. Like, he was a great man and you were a better person because of him. Sure. And uh, everyone kind of Can't said the same thing. Can't have higher yeah. praise. No, everyone said, the kind of, everyone said the same thing. Like, you were just a better person because he was in your life. And anyways, and so one lady that spoke was actually an ambassador or some type of uh, worked at the embassy or was a part of that. I'm not sure she was an official ambassador, but she was pretty high up. And so... 
Larry had has taught many, many different people of all types of helping professions, military chaplains, uh, pastors of lots of different types of denominations, um, and uh, counselors, social workers, therapists. And so he's taught just um, a wide array of people, and especially in the helping profession. And so, yes, he gave me this highest compliment. And for someone to tell me that, it, I think it, it just it was so powerful and because of, of who he was. And so it wasn't just a light compliment. And it literally, it changed my it changed me forever. I mean, he's your mentor. He's your father figure. He's uh, a friend. He's a teacher. Mm-hmm. And somebody does like that, tells you that, then yeah. yeah. You almost have to follow his, uh, his, yeah, his, his advice. Words, yeah. yeah, so from there then, um, <coughs> I got into the master's program, did the social work thing, and then all the doors opened. A lot of the doors in my life in the last eight years since I've been in the field when it comes to working with the different populations, the doors will shut. I mean, it's it's very kind of odd and clear, but when it comes to working with kids, all the doors have been opened. And so I followed my career, ended up working in a mental health hospital in Colorado for a while. I was going to go in the Air Force, but that didn't work out. They cut our funding for our uh, clinical licensure, so we had to go in as a civilian. Oh, yeah. Um, you had to go in and get your license for a couple of years as a civilian, then go back in the military. And I just, at the time, I didn't want to do that. Sure. So. And I didn't want to go in as another duty because that's what they wanted. So I'm like, no, I can't do that. I just got master's degrees and I can't, I have to use them in my life. I can't just not. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I worked at the hospital for a year and a half, did a PHP, which is a partial hospitalization program. And, uh, you know, some things happened and I think Larry been like, Merce, I'm not, I'm not surprised. And then like also like the, another part too, like my colleagues started calling me like mini Larry and like Larry's <laughs> protege. And um, so I guess I was kind of known as Larry's mini-me. So kind of fast-forwarding, I ended up moving back to Minnesota after my grandpa passed away. And um, from there I worked in like a residential facility. And this is when I met you, actually. So I was working at Girard, working yeah. with girls and kids um, from age 16 to 18. And then from there I was doing acting part-time because now I had like free time. Sure. And I met Jay, and one night before we were going on stage is actually when I found out that Larry passed away on Facebook. So, like, ten minutes before a curtain call, I found out that Larry died. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, weird because none of us knew who he was, but we knew you were falling apart. And you do become kind of a family when you're doing a play with a lot of people around. You know, you spend a lot of time uh, rehearsing and doing stuff, so... We knew our sister was hurting. <laughs> yeah. And it was right before a performance. It was bad timing. But. Mm-hmm. I think it was amazing because <laughs> I, well, I dedicated, like, one of my friends, I can't remember who it was, maybe Lisa, she, she said, yeah. why don't you dedicate your performance to Larry tonight? There you go. Because I was like, yeah, I was like pretty much weeping. And, you know, it was not just little tears. It was, yeah, I was pretty much sobbing. And, um, not good for a comedy. Oh, no, it, was, it was just hard. I'm like, oh my gosh, here goes all my makeup and my eye makeup. And oh yeah, I'm like, thank God I played a cop so I can hide my face with my, my hat. But <laughs> yeah, it was just, yeah, talk about acting. That was like a hard performance, but I gave my best that night. So yeah. But um, anyway, so yeah, Larry passed away, but the impact he had on my life, and I think that's why I want to tell the public today and tell you listeners is that when when you believe in somebody, it really do, it really does impact impact people because even as like as a social worker I believe in my clients and that's a big thing I think I'm known for with my clients and with other people like I even have a, a call name like a sign name and, yeah. and with the hard and hearing to the deaf oh, community yeah, okay. they actually gave me a name and sign that means believe because uh-huh. they said I believe in them so nice. it, yeah I actually have this 
it's an M on the hand that means believe. Okay. So cool. Yeah. So I think um, the impact of when you believe in somebody, when you are believed in, is fun. It's 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 so powerful, and that's why if you have a kid that you have at home, or you're working with the teenager, or you're working in whatever capacity, maybe it's like you have a an employee that's struggling. You know, if when you tell them you actually believe in them that they can do it, it literally can change their life around. And so it's just don't be hesitant to tell people and. Um, let your guard down if you kind of struggle to communicate that with somebody, but tell them, don't be afraid to tell them that you're proud of them, you care about them. Don't be afraid to tell them that you believe in them because it, it, really, it truly can change your life around. So, Yeah. Now you've had some religious training, and do you have the feeling that Larry is still a part of your life, uh, <laughs> pulling the strings, as it were? So, well, it's, it's interesting you say that because Larry said he's always in my corner. So he said, whatever happens in life, Mars, he's like, he's like, you're a mover and a shaker. He's like, I'm always in your corner. I always support whatever you do. And so I have Larry's um, thing from his funeral, his memorial. So I have I put in a picture, a picture frame and it's actually my office in the corner. Oh, okay. So, so it's a way of, you, yeah. yeah. So it's a way of helping me remember to be present when maybe I don't know what to do or to help kind of stay grounded. Or maybe like he's there holding your hand. Yeah. So... But if you ever need anything, please, again, this show is this show is encouraged and designed to help combat the stigma of mental health, remove barriers to care, and we're, we're here because we care about people and we're trying to prevent suicide. And so as a community, we're rallying together to help. So if you see somebody that's struggling, don't be afraid to reach out. Because sometimes when people have to reach out to us, and we have to believe that they're, what they're seeing is true. And in the coming weeks, you have many guests coming in. Yep, we're going to head down a substance road pretty soon here. We have a lot of combat veterans coming on, um, which I'm really excited for. We have substance counselors. Uh, and then coming up, we have a conversation about the loss of a parent and the impact that it has on a person's um, psyche and development. We have also a big guy coming on to talk about the vision and of mental health and how we can reach more people and remove access to like if they were having barriers that are popping up so if there is something you're seeing in your community like a loss of a service or if we're struggling with the not having the right resources please let us know and and i want want to give that information to our ceo it's coming on march 31st so anyways please enjoy the song reach out thank you marcy look into my wishful eyes that fear that's inside you will lift give it time i can see Everything you're blind to now Your prayers will be answered Let God whisper how 